Praise the Lord. It's good to bless the Lord and be in his presence today under his word. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, in the world you'll have tribulation, you'll have pressure and some trial and trouble, some disruption, some discord, some difficulty. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, and we overcome the world on a daily basis, and one day we will overcome it forever. Thank the Lord. Let's begin today with Acts 28, 30 to 31, the title of the message, No Hindrances. No Hindrances. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Two years preaching the kingdom of God in Rome, teaching the things which concern Jesus Christ, no one forbidding him. These are quite the words considering where Paul was. He was in Rome, he was in custody, he was under house arrest, he was imprisoned, he was held by a chain and a Roman soldier would guard him, different soldiers day and night on their shift. And yet Paul has this word, no man forbidding him. In the Greek, it's very strong. It's one word, akalutos. It literally means no hindrances or freely. The Apostle Paul, even though he was under house arrest, even though he was in custody, even though he was chained, there was a shout in his spirit that said, no hindrances, freely, freedom, liberty in Christ. He said, nothing can stop me from fulfilling the will of God for my life. Now, Paul was at the end of a long road. It had been nearly five years since he had been arrested in Jerusalem, made a visit to Jerusalem, and there the Jewish authorities, civil and religious, had a controversy against him, and the Romans took him into custody. And there was some preliminary trial and investigation, but nothing much came of it. And then Paul was held for two years, two years in custody in Caesarea on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea in Israel. And finally, the Apostle Paul, because the wheels of justice were turning so slowly, he said, I appeal to Caesar. Paul was a Roman citizen, and he could appeal to the Supreme Court. He said, I appeal to Caesar, and as a Roman citizen, it was his right. And so preparations were made. He took that sea voyage. He ended up in Rome, only to find out that there was a huge backlog of cases before the court. Two years waiting for trial. Two years waiting for trial. And here is the Apostle Paul under this house arrest in custody, nearly five years without a proper trial. And he's shouting in his spirit, no hindrances. I've got liberty in Christ, freedom to the ways of the Lord in me. I trust this morning that if you don't have a shout in your spirit, that a shout will come back in your spirit this morning, no matter what you're facing, injustice, delay, trial, trouble, that a shout will come into your spirit that says, I cannot be hindered in the will of God in my life, in what God is doing in me, and what God is doing through me. No hindrances, freely, Christian liberty in Christ for me. 
I want to bring up a picture of Pastor Mel Davis, an esteemed minister of the Lord, a personal friend of ours as a church, ministered, he has ministered here dozens of times over the years. He's now 89 years of age. He hasn't been traveling much the last three or four years, a lot of restrictions, plus just not able to keep the schedule he used to. In mid-October, toward the end of October, Pastor Mel was at a conference and he wasn't feeling well one day and it became so severe they decided to fly him back to Vancouver where he resides. Conference was in Alberta. And he came home and they did some tests on him and they thought it was digestive problems at first but they found out that tumors had spread through his body. I called him a few days later with concern in my voice. I said, Pastor Mel, I said, I hear you're dealing with some difficulty in your body. He said, I am, but I'm praising the Lord. God hates complainers. His voice was so strong. He said, God is good, and God has been so good to me all my life. I don't care what they find in my body or what they have to do to me. I'm going to praise the Lord right through it all. I'm quoting his words because I memorized them on the spot and noted them right after our conversation. His voice was so strong, his spirit so strong. What a general, what a man of God to be able to speak like that in trying times, in difficult times. This conversation was a few weeks ago. I wondered, are these the last words I will ever hear from this man of God, my friend? One who has pastored and shepherded and ministered, preached the gospel for 70 years, churches, camps, conferences, mission fields, carried the torch so brightly for the Lord. Are these the last words I'll ever hear? He was taken into palliative care just recently, and Friday, two days ago, I learned that they're only giving him less than a week to live, barring a miracle from the Lord. What a word from the Lord. A shout in his spirit, no hindrances. He says, God is with me. The Lord has been so good to me. I don't care what they find in my body or what they have to do, with, to, do to me. I'm going to praise the Lord right through it all. That's the shout of victory in the people of the Lord. What do we do with scriptures like 2 Corinthians 2.14? Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge, of his presence in every place. Thanks be to God who always always leads us in triumph. That's the spirit of an overcomer. That's a person who walks in the presence of God. Romans chapter 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For your sake... We are killed all day long. It's a spiritual warfare. For your sake, 
We are killed all day long. We endure distress, tribulation, persecution, famine. You lose jobs. Difficulty comes. Warfare on the saints. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate us? Who can separate us? Romans 14 and 8, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Sometimes we're living and sometimes we're dying. Sometimes we're increasing and sometimes there's trial on our life and we're decreasing. Sometimes we're in strong health and sometimes we're fighting attack against our body. Sometimes we're living, and sometimes we're dying. But it doesn't matter whether we die or live, we belong to the Lord, and he is with us. So we have a shout in our spirit, no hindrances. We have a shout in our spirit, no hindrances. Nothing can hinder me from who I am in God, what God is doing in my life, and what God is doing through my life. Number one this morning, Beware the planes of, oh no, oh no. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. Beware the planes of, oh no. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors and the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down to Ono. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent this message four times and I answered them in the same manner. Nehemiah, the Christian builder, building the city of God, building his life, building up the people of God. He said, I cannot go down to the plains of, oh no, to self-pity, to discouragement, to despair. He said, I can't go down to that plain of, oh no, I'm doing a great work. I'm building my life in God. I'm building a house on the rock. I'm building the church. I'm building the new Jerusalem. Why should the work cease? Why should the work fall back while I fall to pity and despair and discouragement? I'm not going down to the plains of, oh, no. Man of God that stood. Four times, it says, they sent messages to him. Satan likes to repeat himself. Have you noticed? Four times, the same message. And when that didn't work, Nehemiah resisted it. Sometimes Satan tries to wear us down. Don't cave under the repetition of Satan. The fifth time they send a messenger for a personal confrontation. 
Nehemiah pushed them all away. He said, I'm doing a great work. I'm building a life for God. I'm building the church. I'm building the holy city. I will not come down to the plains of Ono. Sometimes we experience trial, discouragement, enemy attack, temptation, voices, relentless haranguing voices to break us down, to bring defeat into our lives. Messengers of Satan, messengers of the wicked one come to work against us. Sometimes we hear distressing news about other people, sometimes about ourselves. People end, enter trial, people enter a circumstance, a season of heaviness, a difficult circumstance, a distress. And you know the first words out of most people's mouths? Oh no. Even Christians. You hear of some situation with another believer, maybe sickness, trial, job loss. Oh no. But those shouldn't be the first words out of our mouth. In fact, they shouldn't really come out of our mouth at all. The words that should come out of our mouth when we hear of trial, distress, custody, imprisonment, difficulty, we should say, we will pray. We will trust in the name of the Lord our God. We will call on the name of the Lord. He will see us through. God is on our side. Beware the plains of, oh no. Number two, take up a spirit of furtherance, of advancement. Take up a spirit of advancement. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. The apostle Paul said, he wrote Philippians while he was in that Roman imprisonment. He said, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Paul, you're out of your mind. No, I'm out of your mind. I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Five years, almost five years, in custody with no trial. And Paul says the things that have happened to me have turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He said, God is leading me. God is for me. Now, there were some brethren there who he had to convince. He said, I want you to know, brethren, that the things that have happened, there were some brethren who didn't have his level of revelation, his level of faith, his level of advancement in the kingdom of God. They were saying, poor Paul, look what happened to him. The wheels of justice have stalled. Time is against him. He's bound up, bad government, bad judicial system. Paul says, listen, the things that have happened to me have happened for the furtherance of the gospel. God is for me. I'm advancing. The word used for furtherance has an imagery to it, and it's that of woodcutters. The men that would go before the great Roman armies and map out routes and cut down underbrush and prepare the roads so the Roman armies could advance the empire. Paul said, that's what these circumstances are for me. That's what this imprisonment, this almost five-year imprisonment and custody has been for me. These, these circumstances are divine woodcutters. They're opening the way so that I can keep walking on in the will of God for my life. 
that I can keep walking on in obedience to the Lord and do his will. Almost five years. He said these things are for the furtherance of the gospel. No, Paul was chained to a chain in that room, and he had a Roman soldier watching over him. Now this went on day and night, shift after shift, Roman soldier after Roman soldier, week after week, month after month. Stop for a moment and think of how many soldiers were witnessed to, and the gospel of Christ was preached to them. Paul was busy in that room. He was preaching the gospel, soldier after soldier. And we know that there was a great witness in the Praetorian Guard, in the, in the main um, guard of the, of the empire at that point, with the emperor. And Paul would have these soldiers, and he would minister to them, and he would preach to them. And those soldiers would go to the far-flung reaches of the empire and carry the gospel among other soldiers and even into the areas where they went. It's well known in history that there were many soldiers in the empire that had turned to faith in Christ. So many that at times they were expelled from the ranks of the military because of their witness and because of what they stood for in Christ. Here Paul had a part in that, sharing the gospel. He said, these things have fallen out to me for the furtherance of the gospel. I have a captive audience. I look like I'm the captive, but those soldiers are the captive, and I give them the gospel of God. Philippians 1.12, again, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, the believers in Rome, said most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul was in town. The most well-known, the most famous preacher of the times, and the most notorious. Paul, who preaches Jesus Christ. Paul, the Jesus preacher, was in town. The whole empire had heard of this man, and now he was in town, and he was the talk of the town. Everybody knew Wow, when Paul has ministered out in the nations and the cities of the world, there was revival or riot and sometimes both. This man that turned the world upside down, turned cities upside down, has come here, and he was the talk of the town. He, it was the conversation on everybody's lips, and all of a sudden it was so easy to strike up a conversation about Jesus Christ and present the gospel. He said people have been emboldened. He goes on to say ministers in the city have been emboldened. Now he says some of them are envious of me, but he said, some are very much for me. Some criticize Paul, and others blessed him. He said, Christ is being preached all over the city because these ministers are emboldened because of the name of Christ on everybody's lips. And he said, I do rejoice, and I will rejoice that Christ is preached in this city. He said, 
In another scripture, his second imprisonment, 2 Timothy 2, 8-9, he said, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But he said, The word of God is not chained. He said, I may be chained, but the word of God is not chained. No hindrances. I may be bound, but the word of God is not bound. No hindrances. Paul said, I can pray day and night in this room. I can pray for the saints. I can pray for the churches. I can pray for the advancement of the gospel. I can embolden ministers of the Lord. I can inspire the believers. I can write letters. And so he wrote Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Philemon, and they were sent out and distributed to the churches of that day to strengthen their faith, and we still live off the blessing of those letters today. Paul says, no, no hindrances for me. I say, but Paul, don't you, don't you get discouraged? Don't you get down at times? There's a lot of wear on your frame, a lot of wear on your spirit and mind. He said, Oh, he said, brethren, Philippians 3.1, rejoice in the Lord. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Five years in the system. No proper trial. Some people might be complaining against the government, trying to hire some lawyers. Moaning and groaning, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He was obedient to the will of God, and therefore he knew that the unfolding of his life was under the direction of the Holy Spirit, and he could rest confidently, confidently in the circumstances that passed upon his life. If you serve the Lord with all your heart, you cannot be hindered. If you serve the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, everything that's in you, you cannot be hindered. 1 Peter 3.13 And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? See, we can be hurt but we can never be harmed. Jesus was hurt, but he couldn't be harmed. He walked the will of God perfectly for his life. And you look at the opposition and the ridicule and the contradiction that came against him, the hostility. The Bible says, consider the hostility of Christ, lest you become weary in your own mind and discouraged. Look what he endured as he walked out the will of God. Jesus could be hurt, but he couldn't be harmed. The Apostle Paul could be hurt, but he couldn't be harmed. Walking in the will of God, walking out the beautiful strength of the Lord. Now he did admit, 1 Thessalonians 2.18, he did admit that there was a hindering at one time, but he didn't word, use the word me. He said, Satan hindered us. He says, therefore, we wanted to come to you again, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. He doesn't explain. We don't know what took place. Some circumstance, 
The word means Satan cut in on us. Was there some disruption in the ministry team? I don't know of a church that hasn't had disruption in the ministry team. Satan cut in, and things are hindered sometimes. I don't know of a church that hasn't been hindered because Satan has cut in to the church. Paul says Satan hindered us. Have you ever been hindered by Satan? By his temptation? By his trickery? By his lies? Some attitude that he sowed into your heart? Hindered by Satan. What about self? Galatians 5, 7. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the Bible? You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth that you didn't follow the Word of God in its entirety at every point of your day? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? We can hinder ourselves when we don't obey the word. We cut in on ourselves, hindered by self. Some resentment, some grievance that gets in our spirit, some accusation that gets into our heart, maybe against spouse, family, church, people of God. We can hinder ourselves. Attitudes and resentments, mindsets that take over on us. Satan can hinder us. But the Apostle Paul said, give no place to the devil. He said, let Satan get an advantage of us because he's trying. He said, you be sober, you be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he may devour. Satan can hinder Self can hinder, and sin will definitely hinder. Sin will hinder us. Immoralities and flesh life, lies and lust, sluggishness. Sin will hinder us and keep us from the ways of the Lord, keep us from the good things of God. Galatians 6, 8, He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. When you sow to the flesh, you're going to get that harvest. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. God said, I set before you blessing and cursing. I set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Hallelujah. Satan can hinder, self can hinder, sin can hinder. And so we must be on guard in our life. And today again, that there would come a spirit in us, a spirit of faith and belief, and that we would say, no hindrances. Enemy, you can't hinder me. Self, I'm going to overcome you by the word of God. Sin, I set you aside. I spurn sin in every evil way. I'm going to live in the ways of the Lord. We walk with God, and we cannot be 
unhindered. If we give our lives fully to the Lord, he will watch over us and direct us. And the things that occur in our life, the circumstances, the trials, the discouragement, the trouble that comes, these are all things in the outworking of our faith in this world. We're here to prove out our faith before principalities and powers. We're here to rise up and break down evil and serve the Lord and see victory come into our lives. The Bible says concerning Jesus, though he were a son, any sons in the house this morning? Yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered, not by the things he sinned, because he didn't sin. He lived a pure and holy life. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered, and so do we. We don't fully understand this, but we know it's true. That when trial comes, and hardship comes, and difficulty comes, and injustice comes, and delay comes, there's something in us as we surrender to the Lord in that time, instead of falling the way of the flesh, that the obedience of God is worked out in our life, and we continue down the pathway of God's will for our lives. We learn obedience by the things we suffer. We walk through trial, enemy attack, difficulty, temptation, but we're walking a road to victory. Thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17. Worship ministry, please come. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. It's working for us, not against us. This light affliction, he calls the light affliction, trouble, imprisonments, with the Apostle Paul, it was beatings, shipwrecks, peril and sword. He said this light affliction in this world, which is but for a moment, is working for us, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, the spiritual realities. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. We don't go down to the plains of Ono. We have a persevering spirit. We have a believing spirit. We have an overcoming spirit. When we face light affliction, the afflictions of this life, we know they're working for us. We dig down into the Spirit of God. We pull down into His Word and we get some spiritual understanding and let the Lord lead us. And we find out that these things work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We're not looking at the external, the circumstances, the appearances, how things look in this world about us we're looking at the things which are not seen we're looking at the spiritual kingdom of god we're looking at the principles of the lord we're looking at the outworking of our faith and belief in the living god things which are not seen are temporary the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal 
And why don't we stand with Romans 28, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, we may as well obey the word. We may as well accept the word. That's what it says. And we know that all things work together for good. The qualifiers, to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. I pray this morning a shout will return to your spirit, no matter what you're facing, the heaviness, the trial, the circumstances, the sickness, the sorrow. You say in your spirit, like the Apostle Paul, no hindrances for me, no hindrances in the will of God. Circumstances can't stop me. Man can't stop me. Bible says God is for us. Who can be against us? God is on our side. Of whom shall we be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When the wicked, even my enemies and foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host would encamp against me, and this will I be confident in the Lord my God, my hope and my salvation. Let's put our trust in the Lord this morning for a few minutes as we close out in worship. Put your trust in the Lord. Whatever you're facing, begin to speak over it and say, no hindrances. If you've been going down to the plane of, oh no. Take up a Nehemiah spirit and say, I can't cease the work God's doing in my life. I'm not going to let self-pity and discouragement despair affect my spirit i should be growing in god not falling back right now i should be persevering moving forward in the trial moving forward by the spirit of god so let's take up the spirit of the lord this morning let's take up the word let's believe the word of god god always causes us to triumph doesn't matter where we're walking where we're going god always causes us to triumph you let a shout come forth in your spirit this morning no hindrances christian liberty for me freedom in christ that's my portion in the living god god bless you this morning